30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Come on into my house. Make yourself comfortable. Let's visit for a little while. We've got some special guests in studio. There's a particular topic that's floating back up to the surface again and again and again and again. And, of course, the rate changes with the various utility companies throughout the state kind of force it to be resurfacing again and again and again. So we've got Kyle Ritland and Bobby Burnett from Sun Valley Solar. We appreciate y'all coming in. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks, Rosie. All right. Y'all have some news to bring to our listeners as it relates to the ongoing, evolving world of solar residential power. Yeah, we call it the solar coaster. It is. That, yeah. that is a perfect name for it. Yeah, it is. So, you know, I suppose the big message at the moment is that we have another uh, uh, rate change staring at us right around the corner. So uh, the short version is um, as part of the, the APS rate case in 2017, they do a yearly reevaluation of the buyback rate. So that's the... Uh, credit that they give to solar customers for any excess energy that they send back to the grid. So and um, just just to give homeowners a small appreciation of the complication of just your last three sentences, <laughs> it all started with APS doing a net meter. Right. Right. That's right. the good old days. That's, That's where the good old it days. started. Right. And explain that just for a minute. When so, you've got solar on the roof. Yeah, so net metering, put simply, is a one-for-one one credit for any energy sent back to the grid. So when you produce more energy than you're using with your solar panels, that excess energy goes back to the grid. Um, they used to do a thing called net metering, where you got a one-for-one one mm-hmm. credit. That went away last year with the rate case that was approved in 2017, and it was replaced with a flat rate that is 12.9 cents a kilowatt hour. So that rate gets reevaluated every year. So that credit level gets reevaluated every year, and that in perpetuity. Yes, every year. could mm-hmm. it. Could it really change that much from one year to another that they'd have to look at it annually? That's what their research tells them, is that they need to look at it annually and reevaluate it. So that goes to ACC, the Arizona Corporation Commission for Vote, and that evaluation process is going on right now. So what we're telling people is... So the good news for all of those existing solar customers is that when you lock in your contract, you get to stay in your contract. So whatever your rate plan was that you were locked into prior to 2017, you're still on. So existing solar customers don't have to worry. This message is really for people who have been considering solar, um, that they're better off getting in if they've been considering it, get your contract locked in because then you're locked in for 10 years and you don't have to worry about any forthcoming changes annually correct you're locked in for 10 so whatever it is at point of contract you've just 
committed to. Right. So you get to keep it for 10. So it, in in the current state of, of affairs, we're really telling people if you're if you're considering it, lock in before September. Give us a call. And I would on on uh, and is this is this every utility? I mean, they've all left net metering, right? No, there's several that still have it. Oh, there are. Yeah, SRP, for example, still has it, but their rate plan is completely different than APS's. Okay, I didn't realize that. I thought they all abandoned. No, SRP, for example, if you go solar. They have a particular, there's one rate plan for solar. You have to go on it if you're grid-tied okay. uh, solar. And they do have full net metering. But the catch is with SRP is all the kilowatt hours are now a cheap cost if you go on the solar plan, and they focus on what's called demand. So your demand charge, in a nutshell, an easy way to equate demand versus kilowatt hours would be a car taking a trip to here to Flagstaff and back. Maybe let's, let's say that's 400 miles round trip. The miles stay the same no matter how hard you're pushing the engine. How hard you're pushing the engine would equate to the demand. The miles would represent the kilowatt hours. So the car might be sitting still with no demand. It might be going uphill trying to pass a truck. A lot of demand. SRP puts more emphasis and cost on that demand than they do on the cost of the kilowatt hours themselves. And they're measuring that demand during some on-peak selected periods. Correct. Strictly on-peak times is when they measure it. So this goes back to our theory of supercooling that you load up on your energy consumption off peak keep your on peak absolutely as close to zero as possible let your house sleep let the solar energy be absorbed into the panels and uh, be prepared for your off peak consumption there's a catch there's a catch. what what the utilities are starting to realize there's a great book called The Grid, if anybody wants to read a really good case study on this. The utilities are starting to come to understand that they're having a tough time meeting that demand. So what they're actually incentivizing... Off, off peak? On, on peak, really. They're, on they're, on peak, yeah. So, well, the wall of traffic coming home tells the story. Right. The reason, what happens when all those people make it home? They turn down the AC. They turn on the oven. They, if they're working, they hop in a hot shower, perhaps. They turn on the spa. The house comes back to life in a pretty short window of time. Those, those three hours, four hours, people are coming home from work. So the grid's looking at that and saying, okay, maybe we had this wrong. Maybe having people super cool is a problem because now everybody's cooling this, these houses all the way back off again. And the coefficiencies of cooling off drapes and carpet and things like that take a lot more power than just keeping a house at a steady level. So they're incentivizing, and we're talking SRP now. Right, right. On the demand-based plan, they're incentivizing people to just keep the house cool all the time so they're not part of the problem come rush hour. So they put in a demand charge and say, hey, we're going to give you cheap kilowatt hours all the time. So imagine being rented a car and saying all the miles are cheap as long as you don't dog our engine. So that's where the SRP is at, and we're kind of seeing a migration across the country. The book... It says a lot it about re- it. This. Really addresses the grid nationally. Correct. And, and this is a trend in utility providers coast to coast. Correct. And as we're seeing the decommissioning of you know, coal plants, I mean that's the kind of behind the curtain. You know, the iron curtain is okay. What's the government's drive on some of this stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's a very political conversation, and it, it is political in a lot of cases. But that's what's driving some of this at the utility scale is, okay, if we're not going to build new nuclear plants, which is some of the most efficient energy there is, and we're not going to do that, and we're going to be asked to decommission coal plants, what are we going to do to meet this growing need? 
And is the reason that every utility rate structure is different is because they're generating electricity different? SRP is mainly hydraulic and water. APS is mainly nuclear. Or is it just it's a different company and it, when it was all established, you, you know, did anybody know the history on that? You would think this would be a universal you <laughs> sure pricing would. structure. I, I think it's a lot of different things, Romy. I think it's, it's the, the uh, energy mix that they buy where they buy it from. Um, and I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I think there's a lot of different economies that come into how they set their rates. Yeah. It's a pretty complex <laughs> set of variables that we could probably spend two hours here on the air exploring and, and not get anywhere. Not get anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's both of the things you mentioned, though. It, it, it is how they make it, and it is politics mm -hmm. to some degree. SRP, for example, their electric side is, is a nonprofit. So they're driven a little bit differently than, say, a for-profit like APS is. So it's, that factors in at some level. If you're confused about solar options at your house, we've got <laughs> the two guys in here to talk to right now, Kyle and Bobby. The number is one 767 4348 If you've got solar that maybe you're confused about the results you're getting, if you're considering solar and you've got questions about it, and I would say, addressing APS and their their rate review that's under review right now, twelve and a half cent buyback. Uh, it, my heart gut just kind of tell me that that's a pretty fair buyback. It's actually yeah, so it's twelve point nine cents. That's and, a that's and, a good rate. Yeah, to, so to be selling power for absolutely. I mean, you can um, uh, you can. Um, sell back uh, a fair amount of power at that rate, depending on the size of your solar energy system, and you can obtain some good credits that can be used to significantly offset your bill, even above and beyond what the solar is offsetting already. So it's a very fair rate, um, and um, it's a good uh, economic model to look at putting solar on the house. So that's why we're telling people, you know, do it now while that rate exists, and, and at least explore it and go through the numbers with us, because it doesn't cost anything to do that. They just call us, and we can look at their energy consumption, and we can come up with some variables that speak to their house and their cost structure. Done right, even if you're not sure you're going to be there, your solar takes a, a little while for it to pay for itself. You know, By the time you get it installed and you're earning up the credits and everything, and you're like, well, I'm only going to be here for two or three more years or maybe four or five or whatever. The way the rates are going, I see solar homes selling a little bit quicker in the next five to ten years than a home right next to it without solar, about the same size and floor mat. It's you're absolutely right. So um, the um, the home buying and selling market is starting to catch up with the value value of solar and understanding the value equation. That was a little bit of a a delay. In understanding, you know, with real estate agents and, and well, then you whatnot. got the leasing company that has their hands in the pot. You got the utility right. companies with their hands. There's so many hands in the cookie jar. It was hard to understand. Right, but we're seeing that catch up, and there's some really cool things about that. For example, we talked about how rates evolve over time. Some of the earlier rate plans were much more economically uh, incentivized. So those rate plans in most cases stay with the house. So houses that were grandfathered into some of the older rate plans are n now coming on the market for resale and a savvy real estate agent 
is going to be able to say, this is a grandfathered house. It's on a rate plan that no longer exists anymore. So when you're buying into this house, you're getting into a solar rate plan that somebody going solar today can't even get. And that's a value for the house. Talk about value. If you're looking for value when it comes to transportation, Bobby here was talking about driving to and from Flagstaff. Well, wouldn't you rather be driving to and from Flagstaff, to and from work in a brand-new Sanderson Ford? Hey, look, 0% APR for 60 months on any Ford F-150 truck. That's the best-selling truck in America for 40 years. How about 0% APR for 72 months, up to $1,000 on Ford Escape? Edge or explore. I'm telling you, if you're in the mode or the mood to relook at your wheels and your transportation, you've got to get over to Sanderson Ford, the number one Ford dealership in all America. And you know what? They do that six days a week because Sanderson Ford is closed on every Sunday. But they're open now. Get over there today. Why don't we take our energy? From the sun Welcome on you solar energy Light my fire, turn on my TV Cook my meals, drive my car I know you can do it, baby You're a star <laughs> Join Sun Valley Solar we'll Solutions 480-689-5000 If you have questions or you want to book an appointment You do got have people there now that can Yeah, we can answer those. the phones right now. And what's our deadline? We have a lot of questions about solar that aren't particularly about the deadline case we want to cover, but we want to answer those. But the critical thing, why y'all are here today now, urgent, we've got yeah. a deadline here. Yeah, we'd like to have um, people's uh, – so there's some paperwork that goes along with this, uh, uh, you know, getting permits filed and that sort of thing. So we're telling people to try and have uh, – you know, give us a call, and we'd like to have that all set by the 24th of this month. So it's coming right up. That's quick. Yeah. 24th of August. That's correct. That's yeah. a Friday, two weeks from now. That is two weeks from now. So give us a call. <laughs> Six, eight, nine, five thousand. if you're thinking – about going solar, considering it, or even just to figure out what is it going to take. I mean, there's a big cloud in your question. Is it going to cost ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand? Well, find out, yeah. and then at least you know it costs it may nothing make sense, to find out. Not. And that's what we're here for: is to talk it through with you and give you an idea. Kyle, how big an area in Arizona do y'all serve? So we serve, um, in our commercial division, we serve all of Arizona. For our residential division, we serve certainly all of the valley and down to Tucson, and we go up into Prescott area okay. as well. We'll, okay. go, we'll go a little farther if it's a large enough system, but for the smaller systems, it, it just depends on the size of the system and, and how much. The economics of the trip. Of the economics. Okay. Y'all have done a but, great job with your work portfolio in your office. You've got the Coke bottling plant you've got all those on you've got yeah. the cattle dairy you've got all those solar panels on yeah uh, just looking through that you yeah they, they, they travel they're not we're, afraid we're of the real road. <laughs> we're real proud of what our commercial division has built and they work with some of the the biggest name brands uh actually biggest name national brands out there so residentially regardless where you live in arizona it doesn't cost you a dime to make the phone call so make the phone call let's get to a couple calls that have been patiently waiting here and let's go to pete let's bring peter into the conversation I'm trying. We're trying, Peter. The buttons. There, there he is. 
Our buttons. Seven times the charm. Our buttons were having a problem. Hey, Peter. Can you hear Peter? us? Peter? Peter can't hear us. How about if we go to Charles? Shall we go try and go to Charles? Put Peter on hold. Let's see if our buttons will let Charles into the conversation. Charles? Yep, I'm here. Okay, man. Yeah, uh, I signed a contract with my solar company in March of last year. It went active in December. It took that long to install the system. Uh, right now, I have 2,400 uh, hours of uh, kilowatt hours banked. Uh, I'm using about 850 kilowatt hours a month right now. Uh, am I locked in to my 12.9 uh, buyback? Yes, absolutely. The, the driver is when your package went in and not, not when you actually got installed. So once your integrator, once the company that did the install for you got all that paperwork into APS, that's when you actually became grandfathered. Okay. And would you, seeing how I've already got 2,400 hours banked, uh, would you recommend that I get uh, ba uh, storage batteries? We're, we're going to be going into storage batteries in segment three, Chris. Okay. So right after the bottom of the hour, we catch up. I've got a whole outline of questions here to ask these guys on batteries. And that that adds one, for a simple guy like me, that adds one more layer of confusion. So we've got Bobby here, the integrator, system integrator for Sun Valley Solar Solutions, going to hear talk us through all that. And it, I, have a, I have a similar question here. Amir called and said, uh, I'd go solar. And I'd go solar tomorrow if I could just do it with a Tesla roof tile as opposed okay. to a solar panel. Sure. How far away are we from the real roof tile applications? Well, we're, we're there, and roof tiles are nothing new. Tesla's, Teslas are a little sleeker, a little bit more aggressive than some of the past tiles have been. British Petroleum started with this 16, 17 years ago. SunPower did it. They're they're you know, work up of it about 10 years ago. And now we have Tesla. Tesla's a little better. The catch is with roof tiles, any of them, as good as they are, they're not proven out in the heat. So the heat is a challenge when you're laying something flat against a substrate. There's a reason panels are held off a roof. When you drive around and see panels kind of off the roof a little bit, there's a reason for that. And when you get into really intensely hot places like the valley, uh, they're not going to perform real well, and that's what Tesla is working through. How do we make them perform well in a really hot place? If this was, say, a you know cooler place like San Francisco or you know Washington State, they would be great. But in the valley, they're they're being their challenge because of the heat up on the rim. Well, just because of the heat. But if you could get up above the rim, the Mogollon Rim, the like, Mogollon. Oh yeah, so any Prescott place where it's flag. not going to be like passing ninety degrees on a regular basis, that's that's kind of where the temperatures. Like okay, the, the coefficients there dictate your electron flow slows down the hotter it gets. Well, without some kind of airflow under that, you're slowing down your electron flow. Um, so it's not that far away, I don't think. You know, it, there's a lot of engineers out there working on fixing that problem. Yeah. But it's a heat. It, if there weren't any heat problems, we'd be there. We'd be there. Yeah, there's all kind of new innovations, and that's one of the questions people always ask me. Well, with an industry that's changing and progressing so fast, why should I invest now? The better is just yet to come. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more about solar power with Kyle and Bobby from Sun Valley Solar Solutions.
I'm going to take a two-minute detour here. We're right in the middle of a solar conversation. The lines are full. We're going to get our callers connected with Sun Valley Solar Solutions, our guest in this hour. But real quick, last hour we were talking about the massive amount of tree damage and our insurance guy, Clay Jansen, he's in the next building, he's in his office. I said, let me steal you for two minutes because John Eisenhower had a very interesting point about reading what your policy said. He says he's come to... Uh, homes where the insurance says, well, we'll cover $500 deductible. He said some of these trees, the equipment you have to use, and they're so big and so heavy, it could be a $10,000 bill ripping out a large tree from your backyard and craning it over your home. And most people aren't expecting that. Well, I've got insurance for that. Now I've suddenly got a $9,500 uh, bill I've got to figure out to remove this dead tree. So that clay, what what should people look for in their uh, insurance coverage as it relates to, to tree and storm damage because there was a little bit of that this last week. Oh my gosh, there was definitely a little bit of that. I was just leaving my neighborhood this morning and I saw another neighbor with a tree down, but John's absolutely right. So reaching out to your insurance company um, or your agent, first and foremost, get a, get a copy of that policy. Um, often I tell people if you can get an electronic copy of the policy, it makes it really easy to read on a computer. You can word search uh, you can look up the word tree and find exactly where that coverage is. But John's right. Uh, a lot of policies will only cover about $500 to $1,000 for the tree to be removed. Now, keep in mind, they're going to cover the damage, right? Because the policy is going to step in. They're going to cover things like damage to your home, damage to your contents, damage to other structures like a block wall that might be attached to the house. Um, and then they'll definitely remove the tree if there's damage. But if there's no damage to the house, John's right. It might be only $500 to $1,000. So the key is finding out in your insurance policy, talk to your agent, look at your policy, uh, look for words like tree or tree damage in there, and find out if the whole tree will be removed at the insurance company's cost if there's damage or not. If there's no damage to the home or other structures, that's where John from Integrity is right. It might only be a $500 or $1,000 limit on the coverage. Clay Jansen of Focus Insurance. We appreciate it, sir. Absolutely, guys. Have a great day. Our number real quick if somebody needed a good agent. Bet 602-955-7705, and that's Focus Insurance. You can also find us online at focusinsurance.com. Thank you, Clay. We appreciate it. They've been covering our insurance back to when his dad they've had the same, the company they've had the same phone and number. And wrote your first insurance policy. Since they wrote the first <laughs> policy for me back in 1970. Well, I got married in 78, so I think the policy was in 1977. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're here with Kyle and Bobby from Sun Valley Solar Solutions. Hey, you guys had a nice article in the Arizona Public here a couple weeks ago featured in the role batteries can play in offsetting the electric. Well, confusing. Well, there's, <laughs> For a yeah. simple guy like me, this is confusing. Yeah, well, so batteries are a really hot topic. Right they now. are, and and part of that is that there's some really good incentive programs out there. SRP is currently offering um, uh, a rebate on batteries, so it's a first come first serve. I think they're going to do forty five hundred of them, and it's uh, it's up to about eighteen hundred dollars. Depends on the size of the battery, but that's sparked a lot of people to uh, take a second look take Hard a second look, look huh? at, at at batteries and then also the the uh, government announced that they will let the solar tax credit also apply to the batteries so the 30 percent solar tax credit that goes through 2019 oh. can also be applied to batteries so long as the battery is 100 percent filled by 
uh, solar energy. So when you add the rebate and the tax credit together, batteries become a lot more affordable. So everybody's talking about batteries right now, and the Republic asked us to, to help get the word out. So we went ahead and participated in that story. Well, let's stay on that topic a little bit. But Peter, who we were trying to get on air a minute ago, has called back in. Let's get to him. Uh, reward him for his tenacity to get in, and, and he—I think he wants to talk similar. He wants to get. Looks like he wants to get off the grid. Peter. Yeah. Hi okay. there. Okay, man. Go uh, ahead. Well, yeah, I just don't like what TEP down here in Tucson is doing to us, and I had solar on a previous house, and it, you know, they, it was grandfathered, so it was good. But then when I saw the rate changes and everything, it just didn't seem worth it. And I was thinking, how about if I just supplement um, the house? By going halfway off grid by using a transfer switch like a like I would with a generator when I lived in the country, and just half the day switch it over or certain circuits to the solar and uh, maybe have a battery backup as well. And yeah, just uh, wondering how hard you know would it be and how much would TEP get involved with that? Would I have to go through the same mess of you know the the permitting and everything? Because last time I put a transfer switch on a house, I didn't have to do any permitting, but. All right. I'm a hobbyist. All right. Bobby, you want to take that? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take a stab at it. If you're interacting with their grid, you'll have to work with TEP. If, if it's a true off-grid application, think of it just like a generator. You don't have to call the electric company to plug a generator in and use it at your house. Once you tie it to your meter or tie it to your electric panel, they have to know about it because there's a potential of backfeed at that point, which could endanger their workers at some point if they assume the grid's out and you're feeding power back into their grid when they think it's down. So that would be the answer to that. What was the other part of the question? Peter? No, I was thinking, so if I use a break-before-make transfer switch, like for a generator, and still go into my panel and move some of the circuits over to that so that I can switch over when I want to, it wouldn't feed back to, their, wouldn't feed back to them. It's, it's got to do with the potential to. So if it's truly completely separate from the meter, then you don't have to ask them about it at all. You can just do it. If there's any potentiality that it can feed into your main, then you do have to work with them. So a, a local integrator, whether it's us or whether it's somebody there in Tucson that maybe did the other system, they'll be able to kind of look at what your goals are. My, my father-in-law, for example, he lives in Chino. He's got exactly what you're describing. He's got a situation where he runs a business out of his home, and he loses power. It's above-ground utility there, and he uses it, loses it probably six, seven times a year. And when he does, he just goes outside and transfers it all over into a dedicated loads panel. Now, he had to go through the utility for that because those batteries do have the potential to offset cost of the power that, you know, he's getting from them. So it's feeding back into the grid at some times. Uh, if he's to set up the loads panel where all the batteries did was charge feed a, a dedicated loads panel and didn't touch the main panel, then he wouldn't have had to work with the utility on that. Okay, so there you go. Peter, I hope that answers your question. So let's take it back to the more common where everybody is on the grid, and now they're plugged in. They've got the various buyback plans. SRP's got the dedicated plan. APS has the rate case coming up for review. TEP has its own deal. I guess Unisource probably has its deal as well. What role in all of that? I get a lot of phone calls at the office say, like the call we got earlier, Rosie, I signed the contract in March. It didn't get installed till December, and I'm still not seeing any savings. You know, the they haven't had the 
time to see the rate applied. And I said, well, are you on the budget plan? You know, that that impacts everything as well. There are so many variables. Uh, so the most important thing to understand that is uh, a solar energy system is a push-pull system with the grid. So you're pulling from the grid at some times. You're pushing to the grid at other times. You're using 100% of your energy that you're making at some times. You sometimes you're buying energy from the utility. And that mix is different for every single home and every single homeowner because everybody has unique usage patterns. So, for example, the scenario that you just described, I, I, I really wouldn't be able to answer that question clearly unless I sat down with the person and said, okay, let's look at how you're using and how you're pushing back and when those things are happening. Generally speaking, we usually encourage people if they want to get maximum savings by summer to look at installing in, in fall or winter because you have the most opportunity to overpush, to push energy back to the grid, overproduce, and build credits that you can use by summer if your AC isn't running. Right. So, um, you know, people tend to assume that the best time to install right, solar right. is when their bills are high. And look, that's true. There's no bad time to install solar. But the really, if you want to have maximum savings when your bills are most painful, do it early so that you've banked some credits by the time the weather gets hot. We had one homeowner called aggravated that his bills hadn't gone down. And when they get solar, sometimes they think, well, this is free electricity. At, his, at this home, he went from a consuming historically over the last 10 years of summers about 3,200 kW. <laughs> he, he was like exceeding 8,000. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, that happens well, it's a lot. Solar. I got solar. I can juice happens, it up. <laughs> it happens a lot, and we do our best as integrators to educate before we make a responsible sale. That we're basing these numbers on your historic use. So tell us if you think you're going to use more. It's totally fine because I'll tell you the hidden luxury to solar to alternate energy period. And I'm a live, I never even really thought about it, even though I've been in the industry for years, until I had it on my house. And we keep our thermostat at about 74 all summer long. And we, and our bills are very, very low if existing. And there's, you got to figure out for yourself what monetary value, if any, do I attach to that? Right. We, a lot of us have swimming pools. Well, what's the return on investment on your swimming pool? It's ongoing electricity to run the motor. It's ongoing money for the chemicals. You've Somehow you're quantifying or qualifying what that, pool means to you to spend that money right. on it. Well, of course, we all want to return on investment from solar, of course. And that's a responsible thing to do, of course. But there's other things people just sometimes don't think about. But they do say, hey, I got solar. I should be able to just do everything I want all the time, like supercharge my new electric car. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you got to size the system accordingly. So if you add if you add more power use, you might need to add some more panels. Okay. So the role of batteries. We're going to start attaching batteries to these homes. What what role are they playing in the entire management of the power consumption through the course? I mean, you when when you're when you're trying to regulate your peak demand, aren't the batteries a built-in insurance plan to kind of buffer you? Yes and no. And okay. it, and that and so that's sorry to be so vague, but it depends almost 100% on the utility rates structure. Okay. So, for example, right here in the valley, 
the two big players are SRP and APS, right? Right. Well, they've got very different plans. So APS is on peak time now for everybody that's got an on peak schedule. It's five hours long, residentially we're right. talking, which is from three to, three eight. to eight. Three to well, eight. Well, SRPs is from one to eight. So it's it's seven hours versus five. Right. That is a pretty big difference, two hours a time. That means at least one more battery. If it's a th- say it's a whether whatever brand name it is, you're going to need at least one more. Well, the, okay, now you just added a fair amount of money more to achieve the same goal in that utility versus that that one. Um, so it, utility rate structure and your personal objectives. It's not a one size fits all with batteries. Uh, some batteries, due to programming, it could be the exact same technology, lithium ion battery, but the supporting equipment that comes with that battery could be programmable to be better for backup with one with this particular battery system and better for what we call demand suppression or peak shaving with that particular battery system. So do your research there because not all battery systems are created equal. All right. Well, there's some new incentives to entertain the idea of batteries. I want to come back and cover them one more time. If I'm on the, if I'm on the cusp of getting ready to commit to a solar system, to buy into the Guaranteed rate between now and August twenty second. Is that what I heard? You so got, what we're you got saying two is, weeks here. Yeah, we'd like we'd like to have all the paperwork done by August twenty fourth in order to feel confident that we can we can get it in and get it in under the wire. So really, people need to be calling us now. Four eight zero six eight nine five thousand six eight nine five thousand Sun Valley Solar Solutions. Welcome back, Arizona homeowners. We're talking solar energy. We're talking solar energy with Sun Valley Solar Solutions. Kyle and Bobby have generously donated their time to come in and visit with us because we've got a rate change that's going to impact a lot of people as it relates to the consumers in the APS market. Uh, and, but then they've got this whole other dimension of batteries, which in my mind, I think, Kyle, the typical homeowner just thinks of batteries as this big, expensive boogeyman in the other room that they just don't even know why they would even consider that. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, you know, batteries um, sort of fall into two categories, the most common usages of batteries. Um, so ultimately, from the highest level, what you're doing is you're storing your excess solar energy so that you can use it when you want to. So that's the primary objective with a battery. So how do you use that excess energy, that stored energy? Probably the most common that we see is either an emergency backup system where the battery is only used in grid outages to um, power critical loads. So let's say you've got a family member that uh, requires a medical device um, for their health. Um, Those types of people are looking at batteries as a way to maintain that critical load during power outages. You don't have the option of not having power. Right. You don't have the option of not having power. So those are very typical applications of battery. Another one is if you are looking to just add enough uh, battery capacity to your house to offset your most expensive hours. Um, So some people are adding just enough batteries to cover their 3 to 8 o'clock on-peak 
uh, window if they're an APS customer or they're seven uh, to eight o'clock, sorry, one to eight o'clock on peak if they're an SRP customer. And that's dramatically fewer batteries in both of those scenarios than taking a house off-grid. Obviously, the off-grid um, scenario is the holy grail that everybody wants to know about. And while that is certainly doable technology-wise, um, with a, usually a combination of batteries and solar and other devices like generators, most of the time it pushes it into an economic level where people decide to stay to some degree plugged into the grid. So they buy cheap power from the grid when those hours are cheap, and then they use their batteries when the hours are expensive. You really have to be philosophically committed to being off the grid to make the investment level. Absolutely. Most off-grid houses that are truly off-grid or off-grid capable did it because it was either, hey, we got we got to run line five miles to right. get out to this location, rule, which rule. is going to cost you 50 grand, or you can do 70 grand for a system, if it's a true off-grid scenario. And then they probably also consider the construction level with many splits, say, versus big air handlers and, and pumps. You know, so they approach that. We we have a saying in our industry: Do you want that with or without air conditioning? At, at least yeah. here in, in Arizona, because uh, let's face it, the ACs are what use the most power for most homes. Um, but yeah, it, what we see kind of rising to the top is people want what's called a safe room, and we're not talking like, hey, there's a bad guy at the door. We need to run someplace safe. It's it's power's out. I'm a day trader. That's what I do. I've got four monitors here. I want to have a room where I can keep everything set up and got running. Got it. Got it. Because it's my livelihood. And if I don't have power, I might lose a $5,000 deal that day. And you, what do I need, Bobby, to get this to get me through a day with a room that's cool, computers that'll work, and some lights and a telephone charging and all that? Well, that's not all that expensive at the end of the day to do. Uh, but taking an entire home off grid can be a little pricey. All right. How big are these batteries? Physical are they, are size. They, are they going to take up a whole closet? Are they the size of a water heater? Are they size of a small car? They're oh, they're roughly what? They're roughly three foot wide by two foot tall, depending on whether it's, they that would be like a Tesla. And where yeah. would you generally mount these batteries? Generally, they're going in the garage. Okay. If or north wall, perhaps. So they're indoor outdoor devices. They'll they'll they're built to be outside. Most of them are. Uh, the lead acids and things, those aren't. Those typically need to be in some kind of encasement. But the lithium-ion technologies like LG and Tesla, those are made to be hung outside. Uh, but we recommend them inside. It'll prolong their life a little bit. And how long could we expect that battery to last? They're warranted for 10 years. Okay. And that's probably about all you're going to get out of them. All right. Some special incentives going on right now to consider battery backup to your solar system. Great incentive right now to consider going to make the commitment to solar in general because of the rate change that's hearing that's in process right now. So somebody that wants to get a hold of y'all, how would they do that? Well, they would just give us a call at 480-689-5000, and we have people manning the phones uh, now, uh, so we could certainly walk you through it relatively quickly. Uh, you can also find us at sunvalleysolar.com. Okay, and Kelly, I see you're on hold. We're not going to ignore you, but we don't have time to take you on air. We're going to have these experts talk to you off air. She has a question about, hey, I'd like to go battery, but I'm in a current lease system, 
and all I could get is a bunch of runaround from everybody, and she makes a specific point saying, I'm not getting a runaround from Sun Valley Solar. I'm getting a runaround from everybody else. So y'all could maybe guide her off here and, and help Kelly out. Hang on, Kelly. Big takeaway. Two weeks to get paperwork in if you're considering going solar. Two weeks, two weeks. So yeah. you and if you and you've if you your office rates. today. Yes. To yeah. help people schedule that. 480 689 5000 to keep your current rate locked in.